Hello, and welcome to this episode of Gin and Tonic. In this episode, we're going to go into Session Zero. Who needs it, and why you need it. We're going to break this down into three pieces. A little more structured than my usual rants, but not really. We're just, you know, pretending on structure. Obviously. Kidding, we know what we're doing. We're professionals. So, the first part is going to be going over why, as any group, you're going to want a session zero. Regardless of whether you've been playing with each other for ages or not. The second part we're going to launch into is especially important for newer groups, though. People you don't know or are still getting to the, the feel for. And then the third, third section is just going to go over some extra fun stuff. So up front, and there are different ways that people will pitch a campaign to their party. Whether your game master uh, sends you a long sheet and wants you to fill out a survey, which is great for some people, or it's more of an off-the-cuff conversation between you and your game master or the players at the table. Both are, there are, there are dozens of ways you can do it. You're going to have to find what works for you. And you can always mix and match. Oh, of course. Find what works and go with it. So let's talk about new groups. And for people that uh, haven't ever heard of a session zero, I know that there are still some out there that have never heard of a session zero. Let's maybe just go over some basics. That's a good point. So session zero is a session where you likely won't start out playing. You're going to get together with all of the, the party members, or the players, and your game master. Hopefully, before you sit down, you have a little bit of an idea of what you've signed up for. However, this is... Go ahead. I was going to say, just hopefully. You know. But shit happens. Oh, shit does entirely happen. Sometimes uh, you call up your friend and go, Hey, can you run a game tonight? And the game master goes, Uh, sure. And at that point, you got to give your game master a little bit of slap and be really happy that on the fly he was going to run a game for you. Absolutely. Or she. The carbon-based life form to which we'll be adjudicating the game. <laughs> yeah, that works. But what if Sophie the side of the robot wants to learn to play D&D? Hey, kudos. Make it happen. I'll play D&D with Sophie. Okay. If you haven't heard of Sophie the robot, I highly recommend you go check her out. She's both amazing and terrifying. <laughs> yeah, for me it leans a little more to terrifying, but... So as a new group, getting into a session zero, you're going to want to come together and... Either the GM has already pitched you an idea about what the game is about, or they're about to pitch you an idea as to what the premise of their game is about. For game masters, 
you don't have to go into a whole lot of detail. Something as simple as, uh, off the top of my head, uh, you find yourselves in Waterdeep. You describe the area of Waterdeep that they're in and maybe some some basic local things that are going on. And you don't have to reveal all your secrets, but lately there's been a string of murders or uh, break-ins have been happening in, uh, in across town. You've got to figure out what's going on. Yeah, you but, need the plot hook. Yeah, give them give them the opening plot hook. Like, don't be afraid to give them, tell them what is happening up front. Just you don't have to tell them that it's the Archduke that's really planning to murder the prince so that he can steal the princess and rule the country through mind control magics. You tell them that the barkeep's wife was murdered last week, and he wants revenge. And then build into that. We'll do another episode on that. But give them a little taste of what's about to happen. Yeah. I use too many hand gestures that nobody can see. I do that too. But then I'm always thankful when no one can see how fidgety I get as well. (laughs) Something that needs to be discussed with every group and often isn't is comfort zones. Absolutely. What is okay, what what is not okay, and what are absolute hard no's. I'm pretty relaxed and only have three core rules. Uh, in any game that I run, there's absolutely no sexual assault that is going to happen from any of you, and I will not bring it into the game. Uh, committing such a crime will cause your character to be killed unceremoniously and you will be uninvited from the game very quickly (laughs) which is why we make these things clear up front so that the player knows that that is a line that you don't cross and therefore if you cross the line there's just there's no question gone done uh the other one that i have is no torturing children If the game devolves into someone being tortured, or maybe they uh, burn down and I don't know, they burn down an orphanage because they're horrible people, and that seems to happen every time I run an evil campaign. Um, (laughs) I don't stop those, but don't make a big spectacle out of something like that that is just not cool yeah there's there's stating that something happens which can be fine and it's usually fine for me but once you start going into detail that's you know there's just things you don't go into detail about and a lot of that i think centers around kids because you just don't hurt kids (laughs) yep And GMs, if you are going to deploy a bad guy who has done bad things to to kids, um, you better make sure that that is a bad guy they can kill. Yes. Because they're going to want to. I once had a game where there was a guy who was sacrificing literally everybody that he could get his hands on, all the homeless people, kids in orphanages, like people that wouldn't go missing to fuel this demonic magic to keep out 
an entity that he had screwed over in a deal, to the point that a thieves' guild kidnapped a bunch of children and put them on the road headed north and just said, keep going. Oh, wow. Because it was, it was, the thieves' guild was like, this is bullshit, we have to get these kids out of here, and so they did. And so they knew that this kind of stuff was happening, but they were considering, like, maybe we can negotiate, maybe we can talk. And I felt really bad because I knew what the next room was. And uh, as they opened it up, they f they found the room where the, the ritual had been taking place, or the preparations had been taking place, and they found a cauldron full of human remains ranging from adult and downwards. And that right there is the perfect way to give the statement without details. You've just yep. told me that this was a horrible thing that happened, but you're letting me put a stop to my imagination so that it doesn't show up as pictures in my brain. Yep. They, they murderized the ever-living crap out of him real quick. And that's great. And then they beheaded him, and I think they threw his body in a fire, and... Um, they're kind of they were kind of heartless, but this guy deserved it. Yeah. Because the same entity that he had screwed that that guy had screwed over, contacted the party and was like, "Hey, I'll give you this cool stuff. Go kill that guy." It was upset that it got shortchanged. Anyways, <laughs> and build a adventurer. Build someone who's a team player. You can be edgy. You can be, you know, I want to be on my own. And when we're having downtime, I just kind of want to sit back in the trees and enjoy and meditate. You can do those kinds of characters. But at the end of the day, you are still a character that's going to go on adventures with the party. Yeah. But so I'll also, uh, sorry, you did a, a phenomenal job of this. Uh, what I'll often do is I'll, make an open statement to my players after I've made the rules clear to them and then go, you can private message me or discuss in a group chat anything that you'd like to add to that list. And if you're not comfortable saying it to the group, just send it to me and I'll add it to my list. People don't need to know why we can't deal with spiders. Right. You know? I'm the only one that needs to know that Johnny has an irrational overreaction to any mention of spider, even if it's not even seen. He's just got a phobia. Okay, so we're not going to use spiders. They're going to be giant rats. Rats are cool with everybody? Great. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't want him to have that reaction in front of everybody and... You know, that's just psychological torture at that point. Don't do that to your players. If you do that, you're a dick. Yeah. And it's, I mean, we want these tabletop games to be welcoming for everyone. And something I've learned with meeting the few people I've met in my entire life is that everyone has something in their past that they don't like to think about. It doesn't have mm -hmm. to be big and serious. It can be a small thing like that time that they were broke and couldn't pay rent on time for two months in a row and just about lost their place. To someone else, that wouldn't seem so bad, but that is a stressful time in someone's life. So, you know, 
I mean, that was the easiest ex um, suggestion I could come up with on the fly. But, I mean, there are no, a lot of if, awful things if, that happen in people's lives. And if you just uh, roll past them and not even touch on them, that's even better. And it makes this game what it, what I think it should be, a nice escape from reality. Because reality sometimes sucks. Let's play heroes. Let's reality save does the sometimes world when we can't in reality. Yep. You know, that's that's why we come to play. We're escaping our, our lives and having fun with our friends. Yeah. It's a social encounter. It's a one of the few I shouldn't say one of the few. There are a lot of really great cooperative games out there. But it's a universal language that we almost all speak in some way. Yeah. So that is something that you're going to have to keep in mind. Sorry. <laughs> Back to where we were. Right. That is one of the major things that you're going to want to go over with a new group. The secondary part is figuring out what kind of person that player, the players are. And it's sometimes there, there can be clashes of personality that just do not mesh at the table. But you want to sit down and just discuss, like, how do you view the game? What do you want from the game? Do you want a game of, uh, I want to be a hack and slash hero, uh, but somebody else wants to have a heavy role play? Somebody else is looking for puzzles. Is it possible for there to be give and take between the three sides so that, yeah, sometimes we're solving a puzzle. Maybe that puzzle's in a social encounter. Um, and there's no combat, but you're on guard. Mm -hmm. If the other two, if the other two screw up that puzzle, it's going to trip an alarm, and this place is going to flood with guards. In a best case scenario, you hope to not have to fight, but if you do, it's going to be epic. <laughs> and epic is great. Expectations are definitely the number two thing to talk about. First, you've got any limitations on content um the second definitely would be the expectations for the campaign because like you said some people will want to just murderize everything in their path and the next person might be looking for a more for lack of a better word um skyrim play style where you get sent on quests and mm -hmm. you know you just keep going one place to the next to the next and both are fine. I think both both styles of gaming is totally fine. And I know that there will be people that disagree and say that, no, you don't play tabletop RPGs like a video game. And okay, maybe you don't. Because, I mean, you're not going to stop in the middle of a tabletop game and eat 1,700 cabbages to get your health <laughs> back up. But, <laughs> I mean, you've got different sets of rules for different games. <laughs> And that's fine. And the Game Master also needs to say what they want to put forward in a game. Absolutely. And there's always some, there's always some give and take. If you've got a party that loves combat, make sure there's a combat every session. If yeah. they love puzzles, uh, you want puzzles? Look up a guy named Wally DM. He wrote a really good book. <laughs> 
hey, he's not paying me for that. I just bought the book. It was the best five bucks I ever spent. Nice. Plug for somebody who's not paying me. Anyways. <laughs> we should stop plugging people that don't pay us. <laughs> I'm just... Maybe someday. Giving credit where, credit where credit's due. I mean, do a Google search. You'll find hundreds of puzzles and people have written books. Wally DM has a YouTube channel. He explains some puzzles to you. If you think his puzzles are too hard for your group, you might be right. But It's a place to start. It is a great place to start. I think something else that needs to be discussed is the length of the sessions. Because yep. some people are totally fine to play for like six hours straight. Whereas my mind would be melting. Just, it would be a puddle of goo on the floor <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I've done both. And my preference is actually shorter sessions. Because I find that the players are more decisive and they get more done because they know they only have two, three hours to play. Yeah. Yeah, six, seven hour sessions are epic and cool and every now and again I do enjoy a good long game but as the game master your brain is a puddle of mush by that point <laughs> for those that are going to argue and say they can run for hours and hours you know what hats off to you you are a better you have more endurance than I absolutely volunteer more at uh, conventions I'm sure they'd love you ooh yep I would mm-hmm uh, frequency is also something you should set up in session zero. How often are we going to play? Yes. And then play so long as most players are available. As long as you have critical mass, 50% or more, play the game. If somebody misses out, it's not the end of the world. Send them on a side quest. Oh, side quests are wonderful. Or you know what? Give them the shopping episode. Yeah. Maybe there's a small adventure or somebody needs, uh, I don't know, their basement cleared out of rats. Fill, fill in something that they can do in a single session that might be interesting to them. And then there's the party cohesion within building your characters and you're build, building your backstory because if everybody just sits down at session one and goes okay go now you've got to learn who these people are and some people have real trouble role-playing why do i trust this dude which we'll do an episode on starts later but if you have players like that and the best thing you can do is drop them into the middle of the action. Um, use the classic, you're sitting in a tavern, the music is playing, the lights are, the candles are dim uh, as the serving staff move around the tavern and three minstrels performing around the bar in unison and the bar is just filled with laughter and people chatting and clinking of drinks and bang, a giant crashes through the east wall roll for initiative personally i love the tavern start it's uh it's simple and it gives 
a reason for everybody to be in the vicinity when something happens without them having to come up with a real good reason. Like, oh, you just got to town? Okay, go to the tavern, have a drink. This guy's been, uh, I don't know, studying elves and uh, is staying here nearby and it's dinner time. Everybody's at the tavern. Like, it's just a really simple way to bring the entire set of characters together without, uh, I don't want to say forcing a backstory between them, but I, I think you understand what I mean. I do. Uh, another one that I truly enjoy, if you don't want to go with the tavern start, is a festival or a competition. I have oh. started parties where they were entered into a gladi gladiatorial ring, and by random allotment, <laughs> I use air quotes, they all wound up in the same team with one NPC named Timmy who was with them all the way to the end. Um, So you you can put them in, you're right, you've put them in a situation where they have, there's not a lot of questions as to why they're doing it. You know, they're, they're all adventurers and they want to enter into a competition of strength and combat. And I'll be totally honest, I stacked the deck against them. They were supposed to not win, <laughs> but they won. That's pretty great. But I mean, that's just, I set it up as what it was, and they beat the ever-living snot out of these people. Yeah. And then one of the teams they got in a fight with challenged them to a rematch outside where there were no rules, and they melted the face off of one of those men. <laughs> My players are horrible people. I don't know about that. I think they're just creative. Hey, I'm one of your players in one of your games, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but none of the examples of horrible things I've ever I've given were ever done by you. Fair point. Not saying you don't have your own shopping list of things you've done, but uh, there there's a few creepy things. <laughs> yeah, but we love you for it. That's good. Okay, okay so we've covered. Yeah. We've covered boundaries, <laughs> we've covered group cohesion, you can build a backstory together, and this is kind of a ramble for both players and dungeon masters, but it also allows you to, to just get a feel for each other. Yeah. And that's important. And, and game masters, I would actually recommend that you put together a little encounter for them, you know? Have them start at the tavern uh, and uh, or in a competition or in a something and maybe a short combat breaks out. Let's the players kind of feel out their characters, feel out each other. And you tack this on in the last like half hour of your session zero. And you don't have to do this. But then it gives them a feel for each other so that when you get to that first full session, they've already got the, that first feel out for how they're going to work together which helps simulate real adventurers who know how to strategize and fight and work together actually being able to do these things because let's be fair most of us in our day job don't throw lightning bolts and stab goblins that's uh yeah that's very true 
Although sometimes I think my day job would be more fun if I got to stab goblins and such. But then again, I just played a game where I was a goblin and I kind of liked him. So. <laughs> yeah, I think goblins are just misrepresented and cursed. Yeah. Every time they every time they start getting a few hundred of them together, either the humans come along and smash the hell out of their homes, or something bigger comes along and subjugates them. Yeah. It just happens. Little bastards are just on the receiving end of racism left and right. They're either being enslaved or or having genocide committed against them. <laughs> well, I hate to do this, but we've done it again. We've rambled on throughout this for a while, and we are out of time. We've got a game starting. Well, a session is- starting, and uh, we should hop over before they start yelling and wondering where we are. That is very true. Alrighty, I will see you over there. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Remember to subscribe and uh, download (laughs) and pay attention for our next episode. (laughs) We'll see you next week.